And Brad oh, Pitt yeah. says, Lincoln, he's a big yeah. man, good reach. <laughs> Uh, six six four one eighty. By the way, just, <laughs> just to clarify. I can see that. Okay. Jumping right in. Welcome, everybody, back to another round of Pardon the Pandemic, another jam-packed episode for you guys with uh, an awesome guest today who, uh, no slate against our previous guests, really fits in uh, humor-wise with the rest of the group, so it's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. First, I want to kind of dive into the, the update of October. Um, we're going to have Fall festivities galore all month long, so make sure you're checking your email, uh, make sure you're looking at the flyers on campus, check out all of our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, everything will be out there. We're going to do some outdoor stuff, we're going to do some stuff off campus, we're going to try to uh, make October as, as engaging as possible for our students, faculty, and staff. So really a lot of uh, fun stuff to look forward to, and um, like I said, Please check all of those those things, especially your email. Any other updates from my crew here? That was my only update was okay, how excited I am about all of the fall festivities coming up because I need I need I need events to go to. Oh, there you go. Um yeah. I need in-person live action events. Uh, you know what? That's thank you for saying in person. Uh, I should yes. clarify. All of our events will be uh, in person as much as we possibly yeah. can. Uh, throughout the month of October. So if you have been looking forward to some in-person stuff, you're definitely going to get a lot of it in October. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just laughing because Bruce was coughing. But it was muted. I'm so sorry, squirrel. He's <laughs> dying over here. It's okay. I'm sorry. You looked like you were in misery too while you were coughing. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, you got to drink it one down the wrong pipe. Okay. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Pivoting to our special guest today. Melissa, will you want to take this one away? Since I do want to take this okay, one all right, away. Here we our go. very special guest today. I'm going to drop some titles on you all to see if you can guess who this is. Associate Professor of History. Wait, there's more. LAS Program Coordinator. Noted scholar and author. Professor Buzzkill himself. Philip, now. I have to correct you. I am not Woo. Professor Buzzkill. I'm, wow. a, I'm a guest of Professor Buzzkill on many occasions, but wow. I do not have that title. I just feel like this is my first time introducing someone, and it totally <laughs> failed. And you screwed it up. Wow. <laughs> intro. Way to we'll go. We'll just edit that section out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We don't, we don't edit out. Can I ask Dr. Nash a couple questions? Yes. All right. So this is going to be really corny and you've probably heard it a million times, but I still have to ask. You could sit down and have a drink with anyone from, from history. Who would it be and why? Honestly, I've never been asked that question. Oh, okay. So, so well, well played, sir. <laughs> uh, goodness. Anyone? I mean, what to come, what, what comes to the top of my head right away is also a cliche oh which is of course abraham lincoln oh okay but i would defend that because <laughs> I, I i would really love to talk to the man but uh i'm also reminded of that scene in fight club where they're talking about um who would you like to fight in history and Brad oh, yeah. says lincoln he's a big yeah. man good reach <laughs> Uh, six, six, four, one eighty, by the way, just, <laughs> just to clarify, yeah, um, to have a drink with Lincoln, not fight him. Correct. Yes. I know. Okay. I don't know how we got off of that tangent, but yeah, have a, have a little, have a cocktail with old Abe. Um, yeah, I think that he'd be, he'd be at the top of my list. No question. Okay. No question. It'd be nice. I, I, It'd be nice if you were at the theater and took him aside for a cocktail. It's like, dude, I know we're halfway through you the play. Imagine, we gotta get out now. Can you imagine? We're like, let's not go back in intermission. Let's talk first. He'd be so, like, he'd be like, Doctor Nash, how come you keep looking over your shoulder like that? It's like, what? 
Why don't we just fo focus on the play, would you? you change the course of history. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or maybe Unintended. I'll just, or maybe I would just make sure that his bodyguard wasn't across the street getting a drink when he was supposed <laughs> to be guarding the box. Oh my gosh, is that where you were? That's, that's, you that's who you were now. really having nope. a drink with. Yeah, this is sort of um, pre-secret service. <laughs> he had one bodyguard who was across the street in a pub, not guarding the door. I actually <laughs> never knew that. Yep. Wow. That's actually kind of funny that that's that like the true story. Like that's. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that back in the day, it was super easy to kill the president, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like anyway, where this is new going. topic. What, See, a, what a great the, start. These are the kind of conversations I love having with Phil. So I was a history undergrad. Phil's the history professor on this campus. So literally when I see Dr. Nash, I try to talk as much history as I can with him. And I learn all of these wonderful facts from him all the time, and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, me too. I, 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 wish more, I wish more of my students felt the same way, by the way. So, but here's, and I'm gonna, so this is segue into some of my questions, and I don't wanna like usurp Andy's time, but I feel like our high school history teachers fail us miserably because by the time we get to college, we don't really like history. And I'm like, how can you not like history? It's literally the study of humanity. How can you not like history? And it wasn't until I got to college and took my first world history course that I, my mind was just opened up to so say, much. And then, you, and then you really hated history. No, and then I just <laughs> fell in love with it. I fell in love with it because I'm like, wait a second, what happened? How did this happen? Why did this happen? And that literally is like started this like love affair with history. No, I mean, obviously there are some outstanding high school history teachers, sure. but yeah. I've been doing this for over 20 years and it's always been true that my job is made easy and so mm -hmm. my students come in just like, you know, the, the bar's on the floor, basically. It is. 100%. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this doesn't completely suck. And so, yeah. And so that, I mean, that, that's a huge benefit for me. Mm -hmm. Andy, did you have another question? I, I did. And okay. I, I, I don't know how many people uh, know kind of the, the background of Dr. Nash. I know, I know very little. I know that um, you know, you, you went to a very prestigious college uh, over in, in the Northeast. Uh, I know you have a background in law, if I'm not mistaken. But mm, not quite. Well, I, will, I, I will explain. Yeah, right, right. So I guess, could you just tell us and the audience kind of how you ended up at Shenango, a little bit about your background? That, that's actually, a, that's a, a question that students also ask me when they find out, for example, that I'm from California. And they're right. like, they look at me like your dog does. And they're like, like <laughs> Like, why, why are you here? And I was telling them, well, that's where the job was. And, and, and by the way, a very good job. And I do love my job. Um, but, you know, I think I was one of 180 applicants for my position. So the glut of PhDs is an issue. <laughs> it was and it was and is. So I was actually born in New Jersey, grew up in California. Um, I did my undergrad at Occidental College, which is in Los Angeles, it's a liberal arts college. Did my master's degree at Tufts, and my master's is in law and diplomacy, which is, I think, where you got the idea that I have a law degree. It is, I do not have a JD. <laughs> I, I know, I, what I learned, I, I watch Law and Order, does that count? It's a master's in international relations, actually. Uh, oh, it's, cool. just, it's just weird. They insist on calling it. A, it it's a two-year degree. They insist on calling it a Master of Arts in Law and Diplomacy. It's a mauled. It's a mouthful. <laughs> and when I was there, I decided that um, international relations, I was actually offered a job with the U.S. government um, working in foreign policy, but I, I was already starting graduate school. I turned them down. And by the time I was done there, I wanted to get a PhD in history. So I went to Ohio University, not Ohio State. Thank you very much. <laughs> They're like, oh, you went, you're a Buckeye? No, I'm a Bobcat, proudly. Anyway, uh, so I spent seven years in Athens, Ohio, which that's, for those of you who have not been there, that's not Ohio, that's West Virginia. Ah. In, in both good and bad ways. <laughs> um, um, and then I did a postdoc at Harvard, um, postdoctoral fellowship for a year and then I did a had a one year gig at UNLV. Ooh. Yeah, I lived in Vegas for a year. That probably deserves its whole a whole show. <laughs> 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 uh, 
then I taught in Tennessee, then I taught in Cincinnati, and then I came to Shenango in 1999. So, and I've been here ever since. But yeah, there was a stretch when my wife and I moved seven summers in a row. Oh, wow. Which is a drag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I will say that our, our, um, our belongings were pretty lean. We did not own a lot of stuff. <laughs> Because we were every summer we boxed it up and moved it. But. So, so quick question: Does the the short law background was that helpful in convincing your wife to move that many times in that time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, she sort of she sort of knew what she was signing up for. But by the way, she does what I do. She has a PhD in history. She teaches at IUP. She's actually a, she's a PA state employee, unlike me. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and we, and we hope that the uh, state pension system is still intact when she, um, <laughs> when she retires. <laughs> but no, so there was a while when I was like taking one year gigs and she was still working on her dissertation. She graduated, I think, in 97. And, uh, you know, she's so annoying because what she did is she basically um, got every job she applied for. In other words, she applied for very few jobs and got job offers, whereas I was... <laughs> my friends joke uh they call me mr january which means i get first interviews but not second interviews <laughs> oh. gotcha. yeah no there was i there was like one january i had like five five interviews at you know at the big convention that the historians have which is where they used to have all the job interviews um you know to make it super humiliating and i had five interviews and i'm like who's the man <laughs> And then I like ended up barely getting a one-year gig that fall. <laughs> yeah, very, very humbling. Would you say that your market is saturated? As far oh, absolutely. As, like, no, it, it's. Would you say that for the arts, though, in particular, like? Just, uh, I would say for the yeah, arts and humanities, yeah. definitely, certainly in history, it's yeah. for decades, mm -hmm. literally for decades. And it's by the way, I, I don't want to go on a rant, but it's super irresponsible a lot of these big history programs continue to crank out the PhDs and there just aren't jobs for them. Yeah. No, you have no idea. People are like, oh, why are you here? And I'm like, you have no idea. You, first of all, you gotta be willing to go to the North Pole if you want yeah. a history job. And my gig is a sweet gig. Yeah. I, I am not complaining, absolutely not. When I was, when I was an undergrad at Slippery Rock, we had um, a tenure track professor there who was from Harvard, got his PhD at Harvard yeah. and could not get a tenure track position. Yeah, yeah. Literally traveled all over the country. So it was, and that was, oh gosh, that was 2003. So that was there, a lot of There are Ivy League PhDs who are either A, not in the profession, even though they wanted to be, or yeah. B, teaching at community colleges. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, and it's, you've got these programs where it's, it's actually a sort of institutionalized selfishness. You've got these professors who, the the uh, you know the scholarship and the fellowship money it's not coming out of their pocket. These youngsters do their grading for them or teach the survey courses they don't want to teach, and then they just remain quiet about that that student's job prospects as they go through the PhD program. Yeah, it's it's pretty irresponsible actually. We're like behind the scenes of the history. Right, world. picking up the brock and looking at the bugs crawl out of the history. No, it's a problem. And very few programs have sort of deliberately done the right thing and dialed back the number of students they admit. Wow. So, yeah, you know, and it, it's even for us, for like our generation in the 80s and 90s, people, everyone was encouraging us like, you got this. Because there was the huge cohort who were hired in the 60s, right, when, when higher ed exploded and places mm -hmm. like Penn State and Anger were founded, right? That's not a coincidence. It was founded in, what, 65? Mm -hmm. right? You had an explosion of higher ed. All those folks were hired. And in the 90s, they were all going to retire. And sons and daughters of the baby boomers were going to college, right? So the lines of the graph will meet. You'll all get jobs. It'll be sweet. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. It was a struggle. And, you know, I, 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 I never had to piece together the part-time thing, you know, like, you know, like part-time gigs at several nice. different campuses, like, mm. like, for example, like some of our part-timers do and what yeah. a lot of people do all over the place. I never had to do that. So I'm super lucky, super lucky. Wow. It's almost like we're talking to him. But enough about my career travails. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions for you right now. I know we have to keep it limited, but my, one of my questions is there a subject matter or 
event in history, like I know you want to have a drink with Lincoln, but that you enjoy the most teaching about? Like just when I, you teach about it, you're just like, I really enjoy this subject in this context. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, right now I'm teaching World War II. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy teaching World War II. Um, I'm teaching African-American history right now. And even though, you know, that's a very difficult story in a lot of ways, I really do enjoy teaching that. Um, this may surprise you. I really don't enjoy, here's a secret. I don't enjoy teaching the U.S. History Survey anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bread and butter, like, you know, the two parts, the yeah. early and then the yeah. late. Yeah. I, I, I can't get, I don't know why. I'm an Americanist, right? I mean, it's not like it's out of my field. I just can't get excited about the U.S. History Survey. Sorry. <laughs> so I typically the more narrow courses, like I teach a Vietnamese history course, mm -hmm. teach a Holocaust course. I think I'm more interested in those than in the huge sweeping. Like I'm teaching right now the second half of the world history, the world since 1500. Which is, yeah. So everything general, in 15 oh, weeks, go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wow. These were the big ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What they call big history, especially early in the class. We are so I think I've talked, I've talked to you about this before, but I, when I was an undergrad, I took a class that was specifically about the JFK assassination. Seriously? Not about, just specifically was the JFK assassination. Wow. 15 That's... weeks on that one topic, it was a conspiracy theorist dream. Sounds like it. I mean, that's that's a deep dive right there because that oh, is a yeah. super narrow topic to spend 50 Oh, weeks. yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. It was one of my, my favorite courses ever. Wow. Yeah. So another, I don't want, I'm sorry. I, are there other people that have questions? I could, I mean, I could ask. Go ahead. Yeah. Melissa, oh. you want to let some of these spectators in on this? I know. No, I don't. <laughs> I monopolize everybody's time. They already know that. This is my last question and then I'll let other people talk. So we talked about like the high school, like history teachers and what is one subject matter that you think that they should be focusing on or something that they should be focused on that they could better help students to appreciate history? I think some students, you know, and they, you don't necessarily see it in their exams, but, um, or what they say, but I think some students are maybe a little prone to conspiracy theories and to think that there's some sort of like small group that controls everything that happens in the world, mm. as opposed to like random chance or accident or luck or fate or whatever. I think that can be a problem sometimes that, you know, that in history, just because, for example, just because something ends up a certain way doesn't mean that somebody planned it that way. Like, for example, we just talked about Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And you can still find lots of people, including a few historians, unfortunately, who go full conspiracy, like FDR knew it was coming and he withheld that information from the Navy and... And what a so-and-so he is for, for doing that. It's like, no, even if it did work out for him, which it didn't, um, that doesn't mean he planned it, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, sometimes things just sort of happen in weird ways. We, we call it contingency, right? Things, there's no, nothing's inevitable. There are different, there are forks in the road and people make decisions and you end up where you didn't think you were going to end up. That's history. Yeah. History is not some master, some like Wizard of Oz type person pulling strings. Yeah. That's not how history works. So that would be one thing I'd like to sort of banish. Yeah. <laughs> now, by the way, that doesn't mean there aren't conspiracies in history. Sure. And, and by the way, you mentioned JFK. It's pretty clear for me, if you look at the evidence that that was a conspiracy, we don't yeah. know who and probably never will know. It mm -hmm. wasn't LBJ, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> it wasn't the Bilderbergs or the Rothschilds. Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty clear for me, if you look at the evidence, for example, his head snapping back on the fatal shot would suggest that the shot came from in front of him. Not behind. Yes, that would suggest more than one gunman. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. We, we can, won't get into it. We can spend you, you, you probably know more about that than I do since you <laughs> have a whole class on it. Watch the Zapruder film. Watch the Zapruder film. No, but that would be one thing. Uh, the other thing, just more broadly speaking, and I, I think this is true, not just in history, but across higher ed. It would be great if all students were were required to take like a, a single logic class before they came to to, to mm -hmm. college. I think, and I, I suspect some of my colleagues in other fields would agree with me on that. Just just understanding logic and how to argue logically, and you know how to like and draw conclusions yes. and that sort of thing. That that would make my job a lot easier, no question. And and and, by, and yes, to answer your question, I, they would get more out of history that way too. No question. 
Um, yep. <laughs> I'll co-sign that. I, did. <laughs> I was going to say, Andy was nodding a little too emphatically when I was saying that. <laughs> yeah. Can you agree more? I want to ask Phil one more question, only because Phil has been heavily involved with uh, our students as long as I've been employed at Shenango. So simply, you know, what is your favorite Shenango memory so far? Um, I mean, you're right. For example, I have taken students on trips, like especially to Washington, D.C., several times. I always enjoy the hell out of those. And, and, and we, we don't get into any legal trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. We don't break any laws, but I always enjoy that. Uh, that's always a good time. That's, I mean, that's a cliche, but that's sort of quality time with students. Um, you could know them better. And, you know, I know Washington DC pretty well. So I think I'm a pretty good sort of uh, tour guide in a way. And I think they get a lot out of it. At least I hope they do. Um, those are some real good memories. Um, what else? Uh, I know this is maybe not what your question meant. I, I mean, i pretty sure I was the first faculty member to receive a university-wide teaching award. And I think that's, cool. that was not your question, but that's certainly my proudest moment. Okay. Um, I am much more interested in being recognized for my teaching than for the books that I write that, that, that five people read. Um, <laughs> and only slightly exaggerating there. <laughs> I, I, my, I was gonna say, if someone says, I read your book, I'm like, wow, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you are a member of an elite crowd. <laughs> <laughs> because not a lot of people, no, seriously, but I mean, I as you probably guess or maybe you've heard, I love teaching. I, I, I almost want to say I would do this for free, but I really worry that maybe Dr. Carrick is going to listen to this. <laughs> In which case, let's keep that on the down low. Uh, but no, I, I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I still love coming to work um, or <laughs> Zooming, not quite so much, but I love coming to work despite my long commute. And it's because of the teaching. I love, I, I love, I love working with young people. I love teaching them history. It's just, it's, it's, it's a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. What can I say? Love to hear it. Thanks. Can you give an elevator pitch for students who might be undecided <laughs> Why should they major in LAS? In LAS? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing that in front of Tammy Dibson's class in a couple of weeks. Uh, I have, <laughs> nice. I have a slide presentation. Did I show you that? <laughs> uh, well, a big part of the answer is it's, it's uh, I don't want, it's not DIY. It's, you design your own major. So it's, it's super flexible. Um, unlike any other, all the other majors, you have to take X, Y, Z. If you don't take those, you don't get the degree. In this one, we can work with you. <laughs> we can, uh, if that class isn't offered, we can find a substitute. I mean, when you, I mean within limits. Uh, as I always tell my majors, you know, it's not a buffet. You don't just take a little of this and a little of that and you get a degree. <clears throat> there has to be some, there has to be some coherence, but um, it's, it's amazingly flexible. And um, literally there is an infinite number of themes. You have to come up with a theme is what it's called. Infinite number of themes. So if, if you know, for students who, you know, I, I get a lot of students <clears throat> who start out with another major. So they, for whatever reason, they decide that other major isn't for them. This major is a great major to transition to because we can often count some of the classes you already took. In other words, you don't have to start over from scratch. That's another great reason. It's a great second major. And I know that sounds like an odd way to sell it. <laughs> but let's be honest, lots of students change their majors. That's true everywhere. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, this is a great major to still get out on time, even though you've already you know, taken a few steps down the road of another major. Um, and also it's, 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 it, it emphasizes what a lot of employers are looking for. They're not looking a lot of, how can I put this? A lot of employers want to know that you're trainable because they're going to have to train you anyway. Uh, they're not necessarily looking for you to have X body of knowledge under your belt. They're looking more for skills and we're much more, much more about skills, like being able to, being able to think, being able to do research. You have all frozen. Oh, okay. Now you're thawed. <laughs> that came out. Audio right. sounds good though, so you're good. Okay, beautiful. And I know it's all about the audio. Thank God this isn't a visual podcast. It'd be like, who's that dude? With his globe. 
so yeah, it's, it emphasizes, emphasizes skills and that's what a lot of employers are looking for. And, you know, I, I forget the stats, but you'd be amazed at how many people in even places like Silicon Valley, liberal arts degrees or well, liberal arts degrees, we, liberal arts is kind of, mm. we try to not use that term, especially with parents as you might imagine. They're like liberal yeah. arts. Yeah. <laughs> more liberal indoctrination, <laughs> which is not what we're about, right? You're not supposed to use the L word. And that's partly because most of my majors, they don't do a humanities-based theme. They're not studying history and English and stuff like that. Some of them are. Most of them, are, they're much more in the business-related stuff or communication-related stuff or social science-related stuff because mm -hmm. um, yeah, you have to put together three or more disciplines, but but they tend not to be, you know, doing English and American studies and, you know, history and stuff like that. Um, not surprisingly. Um, but yeah, so I hope I answered the question. I mean, there, there are lots of reasons to do this degree. You, you can have fascinating conversations like this. That's true. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to know the origins of when Dr. Nash's money and has anyone ever won Dr. Nash's money? Yes, to my lasting humiliation. So it, it was a while ago. In fact, I think it's a long while ago. There was a show called Win Ben Stein's Money, which yeah. I think is actually where Jimmy Kimmel got his start, isn't it? Because he was the sidekick. Where ben is Stein is this, uh, Ben Stein, by the way, um, here's some trivia. You may, maybe maybe you remember this. He actually played an obnoxious high school history teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. Oh, yeah. Yep. And by the way, one of my pet peeves, um, not just history professors, history teachers and professors of all stripes tend to get really nasty portrayals in Hollywood. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Very much so. You look That's at movies true. like Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Uh... The professors are always the villains. <laughs> Professors are always. He was so boring too when he was anybody. Anybody, anybody. anybody. <laughs> anyway, so okay, back on topic. Win Ben Stein's money. That was a show where you go went head to head with Ben Stein and try to win his money. And I think that was all of it. Was all it was all like trivia questions, correct? I'm trying to remember that show. Anyway, so we decided to do the history club decided to do a show where win Phil Nash's money. You go head to head against me, and the, the the kicker for me was there were no history questions. Right, so to level the playing field is all stuff like in, I have to say it, math, uh, <laughs> the sciences, pop culture, sports, you know, all my strong suits. <laughs> and, and, so, and so it was like 10 questions, right? And it would be, it was like, it was like the show. It was like first me and then the student or first the student and then me, right? Same questions, but, but one after the other. And a, a push went to the students, right? So if they got as many right as me, they won. And they won a gift card. Yeah, I think the last time we did it, three students beat me. Well, I did not know that. So if you want to cut the interview off now, I'll understand. <laughs> because that's like super like humiliating. <laughs> we'll just cut it to where you say How much now. money did they get? <laughs> Pardon me? How much money did they get? Uh, I think they got like a... Maybe a $20 gift card. Oh. You know, yeah, and they have, I mean, they have, if, for, the, if, for the students, it's brilliant, right? It's win-win. If you lose, well, I lost to this guy with a PhD. Of course I lost. If you win, it's like, hey, what up? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so so the, students, the students were pretty happy about it. Yeah. And occasionally we had other faculty do it too. Um, not recently. I think we. I think I talked to Travis Milburn about doing it so that I could spread the humiliation around a little bit, and I would like I would host, and then he'd be the victim. But we didn't. Uh, <laughs> but in the COVID era, we won't be doing that anytime soon. You should go like up, up against each other, like PhD against PhD. And and ask them like questions from each other's field. Well, yeah. no, because I think <laughs> that would be funny. like no, like you just that would be hilarious. Pop culture and right. stuff like that. I like that idea. And also, yeah. there's technically no reason you couldn't do Win Phil Nash's Money by Zoom. Yeah. Presumably, oh. presumably you could. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Now, I'm already regretting having said that. 
it's out there. We, can't, we yeah. don't have the capability to edit, so. No, nope, can't reel it back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can bleep that though, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a <back> bleeping. <laughs> I'm for Melissa's miscellaneous musings. Cue the French music. So you're going to insert the music later? Oh, yeah. yeah no, we've, got, we've got mad podcast skills. Yeah. And by we, yeah. I mean Andy. <laughs> uh. The first one goes to um, our very special guest, obviously. Obvi, Dr. PXN4. Nobody asked me what the X stands for. I was going to say Xavier. Yeah, that's a factor. <laughs> No, you may have noticed, uh, I I am not the only person in the Penn State system with the X, and that's because the X means no middle initial. I have no name. I have an unofficial middle name, which is Charles. But uh, not that you all care, but the the, uh, Nash parental units, they didn't give any of the Nash boys middle names. And uh, once I asked them, and they said, we thought that if you wanted a middle name, you could go get one. Nice. So the X stands for nothing at all. It's a placeholder. And so we all have three letters before the number. Exactly. I like it. There you okay. go. E. Charles Nash. Ah. And henceforth, he was known as P. Chuck Nash. <laughs> Would you rather Uh-oh. lose all your memories, including Vegas, or never be able to make new ones? Isn't that kind of contradictory? Because if I made new ones, then wouldn't I lose those too? <laughs> no, I was a little I confused on that. I'm, think, I'm thinking like, of like uh, this point or, or you're like declaring like a, like a statute of limitations, like as of this I'm moment. I'm thinking like right a moment. Okay, time out. Off Hold the up. rails early. Can I get a word in edgewise? Lady talking? No. Okay. No. No. Oh, gosh. No. That was so much. Like all five of you just attacked me all at one time. I feel very triggered right now. Okay. (laughs) From this point on, you lose all of your memories. Or from this point on, you don't get any new memories. So basically we're in a 51st days type thing. Like once you go to sleep at night, it resets. And you only have your long-term memory. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would rather keep the memories I have at this point and, and forego the future memories. If that's you'll the never trade. make I, new I memories after And I'll history. tell you why. Yes. It's because I am, uh, I am way past the halfway point of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, just, just trying to be honest here. Way past the halfway point. We are like, we are approaching the fourth quarter. Let me put it that way. Yeah, but and, like, so and, and we and we only lead by a field goal. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the memories I have because those are gonna be far more numerous and maybe not maybe not richer, but far more numerous than the ones that I have yet to form. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense because you taught for a year in Vegas. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, can I, can I, that, it's a, that was another humbling part of that, uh, while we're on that subject. I was teaching there as a visiting assistant professor. I had my PhD and I had students in class who worked three days a week as blackjack dealers and they were, and they didn't have their undergraduate degree yet. That's why they were in class and they were making significantly more money than I was. Wow. <laughs> that is humbling. Wow. <laughs> Did you ever play a hand at their table and win? <laughs> no, no, I never. I, by the way, I did not. I'm not a big gambler. I okay. believe it or not, I did not spend a lot of time in the casinos, and that that's a good thing since I was not making that much money. <laughs> but no, I never ran into a student um, like on the other on the other side of the table. Gotcha. Nope. I like it. I'm going with David Jackson next. I feel like this is kind of uh, like this is kind of like a dark dark uh, <laughs> scenario here it feels a little it does Cause, feel because basically dark. yeah basically what you're saying oh is God. you forget like all the people and everything you've done to this point or yeah you basically just 
will wake up one day in the future and you'll be super old and not recognize And there'll be this massive gap in your memory. Yeah, it's just this massive gap, but I guess if I had to choose. It's kind of a bleak question, absolutely. I would would 50 first dates it and keep all my memories and just kind of wipe clean every day. Well, to be fair, you're already married, so it's not like you're going to forget your spouse or have to, like, try to remember a new spouse. True, no. Well, to be fair, 30 years down the line, I'm going to wake up and be like, who are you? And <laughs> it's, it's right. children, not to your wife. Yeah, it, 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 I, yeah, could you imagine just, like, waking up and, like, there's, like, a little baby just sitting there and be like, hey. You know, it works for you. And you're like, how'd that happen? So I've gotten so now. old. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of kind of a dark dark scenario, but I'm gonna have to go with the fifty first dates. Okay, sounds good, Bruce Rayner. I was thinking along the same lines. I'd like to keep previous memories, and then somebody could be recording stuff so that I can watch the playback. Ah, uh, good point. The See, loophole. not surprisingly, the technological solution to the problem. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh no! Yeah. I think Bruce Rayner is kind of becoming our loophole king. I think he's. <laughs> he, has, he has learned. Yes. Yes. Learn from the master. Be the master. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Travis. Uh, probably like everybody else said. Everybody else. What you have, and then you know, who cares about the second half? You're going with the mom mentality on this one. It's yeah. it's all downhill from here. Trust yeah, me. Pretty much. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. Wow. Andy, I feel like you're not in like the twilight of your life. What about you? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed in the first half of my life. Uh, I'm going to go with the 50 first dates mentality, and I would like to believe that Alex would play the Adam Sandler role in my life, where every morning, like Bruce said, she would have a recording of, you know, hey, good morning. You know, here's what's been happening in your life. Major event. I'll be good. Yeah. I like that. Very yeah, that's cool. That's a good answer. I had nod or. Okay, I, I do apologize for the darkness of that question. I didn't mean to, to be that way. So I'm going to go with a much lighter question. This <laughs> What's your answer? Yeah, I, I'd like to know your answer. Yeah. You want to know my answer? Yeah, yeah you're not, you're not okay. immune. Um, I really don't have one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's also a really hard one because like, it would have to be like 51st dates because you would have to, you could make any, and I'm not married. I don't have kids yet, but like, I would like to, but like, that means to say, I won't remember them. So I'd have to be literally a Drew Barrymore kind of thing. So. Can I just point out right here that I'll bet, I'll bet in, in college, you were that student when the professor says, okay, write me an essay and it's gotta be either this or this. And you'd say, well, it's both. <laughs> you, you are that student. I live in the gray, though. I don't live in the black or the white. Well, on the one hand, no, you got to pick one. Yeah, I live in the gray. Uh, Dr. Nass, if you haven't noticed, this podcast is all about loopholes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. I like to see both sides of the coin, Phil. I'm not, I'm, I'm not yep. in either okay. way. I'm like, why couldn't we just do both? I dig that. Yeah. Okay. Very I don't nice. want to. I don't want anyone to feel excluded. I feel like I have to keep displaying myself. And I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Next question: If money was not a factor, what job would you do and why? I kind of feel like Phil already answered this. I did. Yeah, because you said. Um, money, honestly, I cannot imagine working for a living, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I really wonder what that's like. So you're saying you don't work for a living? <laughs> I, I honestly, like like I said, I hope Dr. Carrick is not listening. But <laughs> I, honestly, I mean, like I read history for fun. Yeah, I get so that. So when you're going to pay me, obviously you're not paying me to read, but kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no I, I think, I think honestly, I, th- I mean, to, to seriously answer your question, I think I'm doing what I ought to be doing. And so, I think that's a great, honestly, I think that's a great answer because I feel like a lot of people want to have that answer, but they right. don't, they don't just yet. No, and for so example, the, a, yeah, I was going to say the idea that I would be like in a job where I was like making crazy loot, but hated coming to work. Yeah. I, 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 that's not a trade-off I would make, honestly. Yeah. And I, exactly. and I know there are people who do that and I, and I kind of pity them um, mm-hmm. because why, why I like, hate your job? I mean, I realize that, you know, there are some jobs that are unpleasant and have to be done. I mm-hmm. get it. 
but God, I'm, I'm, I consider myself so lucky that I love my job. So That's anyway. Uh, Travis, what about you? Uh, I feel with somebody else. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> not really. Are you really? You don't know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, ask somebody else. Uh, Andy, <laughs> you're next on my screen. I probably travel around the country, around the world, rescuing animals. Um, something simple like that. Open up shelters. I like it. Yeah, that's what I'd spend my days doing. I already know which the answer to the next question is going to be then. That's awesome. Oh. P perfect. D-Jack. <sighs> Money's no object, buddy. Money's, money is not an object. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. If, I, if it was money wasn't an object, I could just do whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, We're still talking about vocation, like a, still a vocation. You can't just bum around the rest of your life and like, travel <laughs> like Andy wants to do. I mean, I'm not just traveling. He's rescuing animals. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was that was a nice distortion there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe just, uh, I don't know. Maybe be like a like some sort of like a like video game streamer or something like that, so I can just sit at home and just play <laughs> Call of Duty all day. You know, you just go. get paid to do that. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I. I Become I mean, the maybe college, maybe if I become the Call of Duty World leagues, Champion. Go back and play basketball <laughs> or something. Yeah. Okay. You know, some, like somewhere that. around that line. Because you're competitive, so I feel like you have to have some competitive streak in there, otherwise. Something, or else I'm just gonna go crazy and just yeah. drive the people around me nuts. Yeah, I get that. Bruce Rainier. Well, originally I was thinking of just traveling, just for fun, <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll kind of incorporate maybe. <laughs> making a little educational too and like have like a little mini series of like my travels or something like that and get paid to do it i like that that's very cool like bruce rayner's europe right not rick steves right. not rick, rick steven there you go Ooh, mm -hmm. i follow that page on instagram i love it <laughs> yeah that that guy's got a pretty good gig by the way yeah very much so <laughs> uh travel you got anything yet um I get paid for just waking up and like doing reviews on the different types of sand that are on beaches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's In I'm fact, sure there's a need for that. Sand reviewer. Sand reviewer, yeah. That's it's pretty. Exactly it gets in your clothes. I think to be even better, you're like a sand review consultant <laughs> to make it sound more official. Yeah, well, I would do that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Um Last question. This should be like the wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Who's answer? I always forget to answer. I think I should <laughs> see the questionnaire. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it would be something musical, like something. With okay. Music. I wouldn't have to worry about being faint. Like I feel like when you're in an artistic vocation, there has to be a level of fame attached to it because otherwise people don't really want to spend money to either see or invest in it kind of thing. And I hate that about the arts that there almost has to be this level of fame attached to it. When I know so many artists that are so talented, but they're not famous because they, they literally just love the art for the art of it. And so honestly, if money were no object, I would definitely be doing something in, in music somehow. Last question. Would you rather live in an amusement park or a zoo? Andy, we'll go with you. Zoo. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Any specific zoo or habitat within the zoo? I, you know, if aquarium. I could be like in a, wait, what'd you say? The aquarium. <laughs> the aquarium. No, he's not, he's not wrong. I'd like to be next to the penguins. I think that'd be really cool. Penguins are super awesome. Okay. Out of the way. I think it'd be fun. You're going to be in the aquarium next to the yeah, Like the king of the penguins. Oh, wait, you want to be with the penguins? Like in the Yeah, literally. Habitat. It okay. would like, give me like a nice little uh, um, sleeping bag that's warm <laughs> and, you know, or the otters, the sea otters. Oh, that would be so cute to live with the sea otters. Yeah. Just hold hands with them. Yeah, as they eat on their tummies. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Dr. Nash, what about you? 
Uh, I have to tell you this. I mean, I'm a big fan of zoos, but um, one of the zoo highlights of my life is my wife and I went to Washington, D.C., went to the National Zoo because they had the pandas there, and we were so excited. We went in early in the morning, went to the panda exhibit, couldn't see anything, right? There was this big enclosure, no pandas, and this came out, and we're like, yes, one of the pandas came out. He just took a few steps out of his cave, turned around, and took care of and took care of business in full view of all of us and then went back into its cave. And I mean, I realized that pandas are not capable of flipping us the bird, but that's what that was. And it was so, so disheartening. No, so to answer your question, um, I would actually pick the amusement park. (laughs) Not not because I was traumatized by the pandas. I, w- I would be concerned about smell issues living in a zoo. <laughs> Not to be the like the you know the gloomy Gus, but on the upside, the idea of like stepping out stepping out of my door and getting on a roller coaster. Cool. That's kind of cool. Any specific amusement park that you're just like, yeah, I want to live there. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I've not actually not, have not been to that many amusement parks, certainly not recently. Um, I mean, Disneyland would be a way up there. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I grew up near Disneyland and Magic Mountain, which was also pretty cool. That's that's the, the Six Flags in Southern California. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe I could drop all the, the Six Flags triv question on y'all. Can you name the Six Flags? Six Flags over Texas, name them all, go. You know, you know that, that's where that comes from, right? No idea. Had no idea that at one point or another, the, the area we call Texas was under six, six different flags in its history. Mexico, France, France. Uh, Spain. No, I don't think. Yeah, Spain is one. Mexico is one. I don't think France is one. U.S. Google it. Bruce already did. Which which? Maybe. Bruce is googling it right now. I already did. Oh, oh, did you? Well, I was just, just like guessing. What is it? Uh, Kingdom uh, of Spain, Kingdom of France, Republic of Mexico, Republic of Texas, Confederate States of America, and United States of America. So, yeah, I, the one, what did I leave the out? Texas was an independent republic for nine years, and a lot of people okay. missed that one. Anyway, so now you know what the six flags are. Nice. More do you know? Always teaching. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can't help myself. I love it. I love it. What else do you know? <laughs> what other trivia can you teach? That's me? it. Unfortunately, I'm tapped. I'm tapped <laughs> out. Wait, did I get? I don't even know who I got. Did I get? No, I think I only got you and Andy. Bruce, what's up, buddy? Zoo or uh, zoo? Or any specific one? Just in general. Okay. Animals are always unpredictable, whereas, like, if you go to, like, an amusement park, the rides are almost always the same. Yeah. That's true. Plus, like, baby yeah, animals. Yeah, you don't, you don't want an baby. unpredictable roller coaster. <laughs> Very true. You never know if it's going to come. Maybe this will be the time it leaves the track. <laughs> Loophole. Yeah. Uh, travesty, what about you? Uh, zoo, for sure. Zoo, with the bears. I was going to say that. Where are you? The polar bears. Yeah. Oh my gosh. D-Jack, are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm here. I, I don't know. I'm not high on either one of them, but <laughs> I, would, I would have to say a, amusement park, but it would have to be like, uh, like not so much with the rides, but more with like the virtual attractions. Two rides, one because I don't fit on most of them, and two, I don't really do hikes. Mm. And I feel like the zoo would be like I don't know. I feel like it would have a smell to it, and I would get tired of it after a while. I feel like these are all outdoor attractions, and you don't like outdoors in general. So, true story. I, that, that's true, but I, but it's a different type of outdoors. Like I don't do the woods or camping or anything like that. But I like to be like outside in a yeah. non-wood or animal laden area. Yeah. <laughs> so, D. Jack's answer is neither. <laughs> neither. 
Yeah. I do not accept your premise. I say, hey, if you guys are going to make it easy on me and let me uh, get away with going neither, I'm going neither. But if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to go amusement park. But it has to be more like Universal Studios oh. with, you know, like the virtual yeah, that works, right? For sure. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Universal oh, yeah. Universal Studios. Definitely amusement park. That is cool. Yeah. Melissa Roth. Um, you know what? I thought about Disney World, but then I thought to myself, there's way too many people there and you have to stand in <laughs> line for rides. So maybe like Disney World after dark once it closes and then you can have the whole park to yourself because you can just turn on all the lights and you can just, yeah, I'm going to go Disney World after dark. Yeah, no, that's, it's a good point, actually. I mean, it's like, yeah, you live in the amusement park, but it's not like, where, who are all these people? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, get out of my house. I mean, like, I mean you can't really do that during enjoy, the day and then that would that would be a problem. No I really question. enjoy how many the international presence that's there and I love because I love different cultures and I love international people, but there's just too many at Disney World. Yeah. yeah. There's just too many. So, I'm going to go after dark final answer. Although there are a lot of people at the zoo too if it's a good zoo. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like, but we've already. I like people more than animals, so I'm, 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 I'm the one left out on this podcast. I like people, so. Well, there's, your, there's your first mistake. <laughs> I know, right? How dare you? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, what's up with that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Ugh, humans. Right. <laughs> Says the history professor. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I'm just interested in all the dead humans. The live, ones, <laughs> they don't talk the, back. the live ones I may have a problem with, but yeah. Once That's the live fair. ones are gone, then I'll be fascinated. Right, they're they're safely buried. It's it's all good. I love it. Thanks, guys, for musing. <laughs> yeah, so I love musing. Yes. This this was fun. Thank you so much for letting me come on the show. Yes. yes. Well, the the next step now is. Final word, Dr. Nash, it goes to you. Final word? Do you have something profound, maybe? <laughs> Am I building this up too much? People are going to be obvious. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I have, no, I have no pearls of wisdom. It's going to have to be this rank, you know, college allegiance. You know what? I'll co-sign it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. Dr. Nash, I really do. Um, I, I was looking forward to it since we found out. Oh, honestly, no, honestly, it was my it was my pleasure. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yes. So thank you, thank the crew, and uh, you know, as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay kind, and join us next week for another round of part of the pandemic. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, there, there's that one.